The Elevation with Stephen Furtick podcast was created with you in mind. This is a podcast for those feeling discouraged or needing guidance from God. Together in this podcast, we'll dive deep into scripture, uncover the powerful truths that will help you rise above your limitations and embrace your full potential. We're here to equip you with the tools you need to conquer life's challenges. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. A rested child is a happy child. Sleep Tight Stories is a weekly podcast that brings comfort and joy to families worldwide with calming bedtime stories. The stories are relevant to children and spark wonder without overstimulation, so they can fall asleep and stay asleep. Listen to Sleep Tight Stories on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. For a bedtime routine you'll miss when they're grown, Sleep Tight Stories. Welcome to the Hardwood Handicappers Podcast. They're a bunch of guys who ain't never played the game, and they never got the girls in high school, and they just want to get in the game. With your host, Jonathan Von Tobel. See, the thing is, you guys look at me, you see the backwards hat, the uh, gray socks, the funky outfit, and you say, now this guy's a chump, am I right? No, f***ing geek. Only on the VSIN Podcast Network. All right, what's up and welcome in. It's another edition of the Hardwood Handicappers. We are nearing the end of the road, huh? Two games into the NBA Finals. Game three coming up on Sunday. Really good preview, I think, of uh, game three on this edition of Hardwood Handicappers. And next week, as we get closer to the end, potentially, we'll see what the Bucks can do over the next few games. Uh, this will continue throughout the offseason. It's a basketball-heavy offseason, actually. It's a basketball-heavy summer because we're going to have free agency coming up, obviously. NBA draft is, what, a little over two weeks away. And we're also going to add a little bit of uh, different coverage to this as we start to cover more stuff in the world of basketball. Uh, I think, I think, Danielle Alvari of uh, My Guys in the Desert is going to be with us next week. She covers and watches the WNBA in depth, so we get some thoughts as the uh, WNBA will be at their All-Star break. And it's a good time to dive into a sport at the All-Star break, recap what happened in the first half, all that stuff. That's potentially next week. Uh, and, and next week we'll also have, and depends on where the finals are at too, we'll start to pick up the NBA draft coverage as well. Yeah, it's a, it's a busy offseason. And I'm going to cover the Olympics on this pod too. So uh, there will be a lot of basketball talk as we move forward still on Hardwood Handicappers. Yeah, it's still a, lot of, still a lot of stuff to handicap, right? But it's going to be an exciting summer. And it's going to be, <laughs> look, it's going to be a short summer, man. October is when the regular season starts. This thing's going to end in like, let's say the next week in terms of the regular season. So we get all of August to do well. Actually, no, because we're going to have free agency. And then, as ER was joking with the Aaron Rennie professional handicapper, um, before you know it, the guide is going to start yet again in terms of pre- uh, previewing next year. All that being said, Game 3 is upon us. The Phoenix Suns have a 2 nothing series lead. 
And uh, the Bucks are desperate, right? Desperate. Down to nothing. Going back home. As Aaron Rennig says, my favorite trend, teams down to nothing going back home. Yeah, good luck with that. Look, I for those who don't know, I am very, I don't know, I shouldn't say I'm very anti this trend. But at this point right now, you as a better, right? It's all about, you, you always hear every handicapper say you want value. There's no value in a trend like this. You're 5-8-1 and one against the spread if you bet a team in this situation. First quarter and first half, you're 5-8-1 and one against the spread if you win first quarter, first half with teams down 2 nothing this postseason going back home, right? Because there's a, many who will say, well, the trend only works if you go first quarter, first half. Well, if you win first quarter, first half, you're three games down, 5-8-1 and one ATS. And, and it's not just about the record, to reiterate for you guys, right? And we're going to get to the actual matchup stuff in a little bit. But just to reiterate for those who don't, it's not just about the record. It is about more than that. Look at what you, the better, are buying into. Consensus on the VEASAN website for the first quarter for the Bucks. Think about this. The Bucks are a four-point favorite. First quarter for the Bucks minus two consensus on VEASAN's website. And when I say VEASAN's website, I mean the books that we track up there uh, on the website, right? If you look across the board in terms of the odds that we have up there, the books that were on the screen according uh, via Don Best, right? South Point, Circa, Golden Nugget, Westgate, Wynn, Station Casinos out here in Las Vegas for those who are listening uh, in a jurisdiction that does not have stations. Caesars, Mirage. The consensus is first quarter, two and a half. Think about that. Circa, you're laying two, but you're laying a buck fifteen with that two, right? Westgate, you're laying two and a half. Wynn, you're laying two. Stations, you're laying two and a half. Caesars, two and a half. Mirage, two and a half. Two and a half points in the first quarter for a game that has a line of four. You're getting no value. Consensus on the VCN website for the first half in this game. Again, teams down nothing, two nothing, going back home. Always a good bet, first quarter, first half. Uh, consensus, three and a half here. Three and a half across the board for the first half for the Milwaukee Bucks, who are laying four for the game. You are getting zero in terms of value for this as a better. And look, I can, you know, we can talk about, I mean, no, there's no talking about this. You know, I got some people in my mentions yesterday trying to make the case that this was still just a fine bet. It's not. Again, it is hard enough to beat a point spread in any sport. Now you're willingly buying into a tax line. I'm sorry, it's just not the case. And one of the people on social media pointed out, uh, you can still lay one and a half in the first half at FanDuel. Yeah, but you're laying a buck 34 in the first half. I should say in the first quarter. Excuse me. You can still lay one and a half in the first quarter at FanDuel, but you're laying a dollar 34. You want to lay two and a half in the first half, a full point less? That's fine. You're laying a dollar 50. And when I responded, eh, you know, it's kind of hard already to beat minus 110. Like, why are we, why are we laying a buck 34, buck 50? I got no response. So you're getting no deals in following this trend i know it sucks hey man it used to be the thing to go to and here's the other thing too and this is why again trends trends <laughs> you will hear the number cited that tell you that this is a trend that is hitting well over 60 percent in the nba postseason that's fine but a lot of that sample size has to do with the games before the odds makers caught up to this trend and started taxing you the better like crazy so just keep that in mind and as we move forward throughout the years now is the time to start keeping track of this right couldn't do it last year because they were in a, in a bubble with these two nothing going back home situations you are being taxed to the eyeballs and it has not been profitable for you at all five eight and one against the spread again if you went first quarter first half with teams this postseason down two nothing 
and heading back home. So with that in mind, let's take a look at the game. Phoenix Suns at the Milwaukee Bucks. Bucks open a three and a half point favorite with a total of 222. As of this recording right now, Bucks across the board, four point favorite with a total of 222, 222 and a half, depending on where you shop. Let's just address one thing really quickly. How much is home court worth in this series? Right? So let's go with the closing number of four and a half for Phoenix, okay? If you're telling me, which has been pretty consistent, that home field, home court, sorry, we got football in the brain. I've been getting ready for the season. I have to write our uh, college football guide. I got Mountain West duties yet again. Love Mountain West football. I do, actually, but uh, <laughs> it is not the most thrilling of conferences, especially with a, a school like UNLV, which I went to and actually kind of enjoy at times for football. Anyway, um, I don't even know where I was going with that. Sorry, I'm getting a little off track here. Um Oh, yes, home home court. I accidentally said home field. So if you look at home court, <laughs> if you look at home court throughout the postseason, it's been worth about two and a half points, right? It has been consistent across the board, two and a half points. So let's go to the two games in which we saw in Phoenix. Phoenix closes, we'll say, uh, on average, four and a half point favorite at home. Well, if we're doing that, the Bucks should be at the most a one point favorite here. Right, if we're going from Phoenix minus four and a half, then on the road, it should be Bucks like minus one at the most. I'll give you one and a half because it's that desperation spot. But not only did this open three and a half, market moved all the way to four. Now, I will say that there is an argument to be made here that those numbers, despite the results. That those numbers in Phoenix might have been a little inflated, right? Given everything like we talked about, right? Giannis not playing. We saw we saw some openers of five and a half. Didn't cover either game. All that good stuff. But this is quite the swing for two games in Phoenix in which the Suns were laying four and a half. Two games in which they covered. Now you're back home and you're catching the exact same number you were laying in Phoenix. Again, like tracking the market and keeping an eye. <clears throat> excuse me on these numbers benefits you as a better because while I think Milwaukee's in a much better spot here at home, if I am betting aside, it would be Phoenix mainly because of where we were in the first two games and where we're at right now. Because again, if we swing this back the other way, if home court is worth two and a half like it has been all postseason, the Bucks are catching just one in Phoenix when they go back for game five. But they were catching four and a half, five in the two games prior. So like it's just it's quite the swing here in terms of the power rating for Milwaukee. I get the situation that they're in. I get the fact that they are much de- you know the much desperate much more desperate team right going back home down do nothing. But from a, just a purely power rating perspective, something doesn't jive here right. Either the two numbers in Phoenix were incorrect, which I, I, I kind of tend to lean to here a little bit again despite the results, or the two numbers were correct and this one is incorrect. Right, but it can't be both. Because this is, you know, this swing of about eight points, right? Now you're saying home court's worth like four. And I don't know if that's the case. I mean, maybe it is. Who knows? Maybe there's nothing separating these two teams and home court's worth four, and that makes all the difference in the world. But I just how many home courts are worth four points? Right? I mean, we could talk about Utah, I guess. But I think that's an overblown home court. And that's more the home court advantage that the Utah Jazz have is more in the regular season when you're catching a team on that Denver-Utah back-to-back right on the West Coast trip or whatever it is. Like, that's where that home court comes into play. 
I get you have really good fans in Phoenix. Sorry. Yeah, I mean, look, if you're a Suns fan, I'm sure you're a really good person. Some of you are getting a little obnoxious. Just put it that way. Yeah, I picked you to win the series, though, so don't get mad. Uh, but regardless, from a number perspective, this seems pretty tough. And from the total on the surface, look, we're finally at the point where I think this total is where it should be, right? If we go to the regular season matchups and where these totals were, you're talking about closing total in the first game of 226. We are inching closer. It potentially could be closer to where it should be. I would tend to still bet this thing over, but this is right where I made it. Like, look, the first two games go over the total, and we're going to get into this in terms of the matchups, but this is just two teams that I just don't think have an answer for one another, right? And so when you look at this from an offensive standpoint, if the Bucks start to turn things around on their end, they're not stopping the Phoenix Suns, in my mind. And so you get two games that go over, and we have now, right, from an opening total of 217 in game one to an opening total of 222. So we've seen the adjustments here, and I would tend to think that that adjustment is correct after what we watched the first two games of my preconceived notions coming into this series. All right, so what has to change for Milwaukee? Let's talk about this. Nothing for Giannis, and that's for sure. Look, through four games, two regular season, two postseason, Giannis Antetokounmpo is just absolutely destroying Phoenix's interior. Through four games, how about this? We can do this two ways. Uh, one of them sounds more dramatic and awesome, so I'm going to put it this way first. Giannis, through four games, again, two regular, two post, has 142 points, 48 rebounds, 15 assists, is 48 of 78 from the floor, and 44 of 61 from the free throw line. Now, putting that as normal, 35.5 points per game, 12 rebounds, 3.7 assists, 61.5% shooting, and 72% from the line. So good for Giannis. He actually shot the ball really well at the free throw line. That's not changing. As much as a guy like DeAndre Ayton has and does deserve or gets and deserves the credit for improving as a player, the love for Ayton coming into this series is something I did not understand, right? From the MVP standpoint, from being matching up with Giannis. Giannis eats this kid's lunch every time they match up, right? He, he, both of those things can be true. He can be improved and still not stand a chance against Giannis Antetokounmpo, and that is very much the case. There, there, if you watched in that third quarter, there was a time where Phoenix tried to build that wall against Giannis, and it was Mikhail Bridges, DeAndre Ayton, and Jay Crowder. And there was a bucket in which all three of them were like a foot out from the restricted line, and Giannis met the wall, lifted and with his insanely long arms, just reached over the wall and scooped layup it and put it in. Like, it, it was, there was no stopping Giannis. There have been multiple possessions with DeAndre Ayton has had him on the low block defending him, and Giannis has put his shoulder into his chest and finished. DeAndre Ayton is a great player, and he has a very, very solid upward momentum, but DeAndre Ayton is not stopping Giannis Antetokounmpo. I'm sorry, that's just not the case. And so if you're Giannis, if we're talking about what's changing from Milwaukee, nothing's changing. You are continuing to perform at the level of which you are performing. And you still have another, you know, the extra day off, right? They're not playing on Sunday, it's Saturday. Like these things are going to help in terms of Giannis's knee, getting that time off. But as we move forward in this series, there is no changing the game plan here if you're Giannis Antetokounmpo. The change starts with the other pieces around Giannis, right? Game one, Milwaukee shot 44.4% from deep. And there are a bunch of questions after game one, if they could replicate that or not. And I... Went on the nightcap with Tim Murray, and I said, yeah, yeah, they can. Right? It's the sixth-best shooting team in the NBA, 38.8% from three. And they go out, and they have the game that they do. But let's take a look at Phoenix defensively for a quick second. And we'll build on why I thought they could replicate that shooting and why I still think they will be able to here in games three and four for the rest of the series. Phoenix has allowed the sixth-highest rate of wide-open 
attempts of the playoff series. You know, I'll put it this way. Phoenix has allowed the sixth highest rate of wide open threes of all teams in the NBA playoffs, right? 17.9% of opponent attempts have not had a defender within six feet, but their opponents have shot just 36.1% on those looks. Now, 36.1% is not bad. It's not great. But that's still lucky when when your opponents are shooting just 36% from three and there's not a defender within six feet, I mean, that's something that is going to be working in your favor, and it shouldn't be, right? It should be a little bit worse than that. And if you go to game two, how about this? According to the tracking data, Milwaukee had 14 wide-open attempts from deep against Phoenix. They hit four of them. So think about that from that perspective, right? Because this was a game in which Giannis single-handedly closed it to out a four- or five-point game multiple times, and then you have your team missing 10 wide-open threes in that contest, just 28.6%. Those shots need to go down. And they're going to continue to come, right? As we noted, Phoenix has been giving up these wide-open looks throughout the postseason. Anecdotally, go back to the Clippers series. How many times were you watching that series and going, oh, man, come on. Clippers getting wide-open looks. They're just not hitting them. This is going to be something that the Milwaukee Bucks still can continue to do here in this series, right? Game two, Chris Middleton, 1-6 from three-point range. Drew Holiday, 1-3 from three-point range. Brooke Lopez, 0-2 from three-point range. Bryn Forbes, 1-3 from three-point range. When Pat Connaughton is the only player to hit multiple three-point attempts, you're going to have a problem. You're going to have a really big problem. So the three-point shooting, it has to improve, and you would expect it to improve to a certain extent. Just given the fact that the Phoenix Suns have been giving up the wide-open looks that they have at the rate that they have, the fact that this is a team that shoots relatively better than the numbers that they put up at Game 2, right, Middleton, Holiday, Forbes, those shots will go down. Role players play better at home. So I'd expect a better shooting performance here from Game 3 from the Milwaukee Bucks. And there needs to be more of a presence inside four feet outside of Giannis, right? The Suns were 24th in rim defense in the regular season. They allowed the second most attempts at the rim of the postseason coming into this series. Milwaukee needs to and should be able to exploit both. But a combined 34-55 with just 12 shooting fouls drawn within four feet in this series, and a lot of that is Giannis, you need more dribble penetration. And that's limited on this roster, so it falls on Holiday, right? Holiday has only made five attempts in the restricted area in this series through two games. Only five. He's got to be better. And it exploits a weakness, and when you start to attack the rim, it has the added bonus of forcing Aiton into action and potentially getting him into foul trouble. So if those are, if you're Milwaukee, those are the corrections you're making. The shooting should correct itself. And if you're Drew Holiday, who's been extremely disappointing and Eric Bledsoe-like, you know, we talk about being aggressive. There's a difference between being aggressive and just being better, right? I think it was Jeff Van Gundy who said it. Like, yeah, he's, he's aggressive. That's great. I'd like him to actually make some of those shots. Drew Holiday's got to start making some of those shots. This is the Hardwood Handicappers Podcast. Interact with the show on Twitter at me, JVT, at Roach underscore 97, and at VSIN Live. Parents? If you've ever experienced bedtime battles with the kids, I'm going to let you into a little secret. I'm Abby, a mother of two, and I had these battles myself. Endless excuses, delay tactics, and many tears and tantrums. But I've created a solution. The perfect kids podcast that makes bedtime a dream. It's called Koala Moon, and it's hosted by me, Abby. With over 300 episodes, packed with original stories and sleep meditations... Koala Moon makes bedtimes easy and enjoyable. Episodes start out engaging and really rather magical, but as they progress, 
they gently slow to a calm and relaxing pace to have your little ones out like a light. Since launching in 2022, Koala Moon has helped with over 20 million nights sleep and received over 6,000 five-star reviews. Win back your evenings. Listen to Koala Moon now on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Parents, ready to discover a new educational and interactive podcast for kids? Join Stories for Kids by Lingo Kids, where episodes are packed with fun activities. Right, Elliot? Oh, yes! We learned how to recycle at the beach. That was great fun. Callie, what do you say? It was. And that time when we did the science experiments and Billy made Raisins dance. That is so cool, Billy. He did. <laughs> Not to mention when a certain Elliot took up swimming classes with Lisa. That was me! <laughs> Bet you can't catch me. I'm going to catch you. All this fun and more in our Stories for Kids. Lingo Kids Stories for Kids is now available on StoryButton, the kid-friendly device for screenless podcast listening. Listen to Stories for Kids on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is getting you ready for the 2024 NFL Draft. I'm your host, Andrew Levy, and I'll be delivering two shows a week to make sure you're caught up on the very latest NFL news, including every free agency move and how it changes the draft needs of your favorite team. Draft experts and talent scouts, mock drafts, and a few shock drafts, too. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is already on the clock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. So this has been pretty bucks heavy, right, up until this point in this uh, this episode. But it, this series right now is all about Milwaukee and what they're able to do or what they're not able to do, right? Because if you look at what Phoenix has been able to do, look, I've have been pretty consistent with the analysis on Phoenix, which is I don't know what the game plan is for Milwaukee defensively. You're not stopping what Phoenix wants to do, right? Offensive rating for the Phoenix Suns in this series one nineteen point eight. It's just an offense that is made to exploit everything about Milwaukee. So if you're coming into this thinking, Bud's a moron, he's got to fix this, they got to stop Phoenix, I don't think there really is much of a way to stop Phoenix outside of the Suns having a relatively poor shooting night. Through the two games combined, the Suns have killed the Bucks from mid-range. They're combined 31-65, it's 47.7% for the mid-range area of the floor. Chris Paul for the series, 14-24 to on mid-range shots. Devin Booker not as efficient, but still relatively solid, 10-23. of it's not going to change, right, what the Suns are able to do from an offensive standpoint. Milwaukee went to their drop coverage a lot more in Game 2, and you saw those shots start to fall for Devin Booker. And, and here's the thing, right, and it's, there's the difference between Game 1 and Game 2. We should specify that. In Game 2, we saw a lot more drop coverage, right? The, the defense that the Milwaukee Bucks ran for a majority of the regular season. So what happened? Well... Remember, the Bucks in the regular season gave up the third most wide-open looks from beyond the arc, right? So then you see in Game 2, where they revert back to their more traditional sense of playing defense, like we're used to seeing them, and what happens? The Milwaukee Bucks give up a crap ton of threes to the Phoenix Suns, right? Suns go a combined 20-40, cleaning the glass has it as 20-39 because there was a heave at the end, I think it was at the halftime in one of the quarters, 
right? You, you take those out generally. But still, 50%, 51.6%. The, 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 the lesson there is the Suns hit 23-pointers, right? And so you, you go to that drop coverage and you say, okay, well, man, that didn't really work out, right? But there were things that did kind of work to a certain extent, right? One, do you ask yourself, okay, are the Suns going to shoot 50% from three on those looks again, especially on the road? would tend to think probably not. They could still have a good shooting night, but 50%? Probably not. And then again, when you think about the fact that the Bucks cut this down to a four-point game multiple times, it, it, this is why it is more about Milwaukee and what they can do offensively as opposed to what the Suns are going to do because the Suns are going to do what they're doing, right? So you go back to looking at that. So, okay, so they play drop coverage. Chris Paul, Devin Booker, and the Suns shoot the lights out from three. Shoot the lights, absolute lights out. Going back to those frequency of wide open looks allowed if you're playing that drop coverage, if you're Milwaukee. They also exploit that mid-range area of the floor on that drop coverage. 53.1% in that game specifically, 17 of 32. So let's say you go back to switch them all, baby. All right, well, if you switch them all, then you're going to get times where like they were like they were switching the 1-5 matchups for some reason, and Brooke Lopez was getting cooked by Chris Paul in game one quite a bit. There's just, when you look at everything, right, there was just so many issues for this Bucks team in terms of what they can do defensively that I just don't think there is much in way of stopping the Phoenix Suns. It's about improving your offense to the point where you can match up and keep up with them. It's, it's By the way, it's how the two regular season games played out between these two, right? That's why, I, you know, I, I, I push back a little bit. I was talking with Vinny Mayulo about this when I was filling in on my guys on Monday, where it's like, ah, you know, the regular season doesn't matter. We, we got to eliminate that, man. We do. The first time these two teams met in February, it was a 125-124 final. The Suns, or excuse me, the Bucks, averaged 125.8 points per 100 possessions. The Suns had 129.5. When they met again in April, it was a 128-127 loss for Milwaukee in overtime. 115 offensive rating for Milwaukee. 114.3. For the Phoenix Suns, these two teams, from an offensive and defensive standpoint, there's just no real answer for either one, right? The Suns have struggled to keep Giannis out of the painted area. He's got 142 points in the four games. The Bucks drop covered, switch them all, whatever it is, that is not going to work against this Suns offense. So it's just about improving your offense if you're the Milwaukee Bucks. And I know there's a lot of, so we'll run the numbers really quickly, because I saw a lot of, well, you still got to play Giannis at the five. But again, this goes back to the absence of Dante DiVincenzo. If you're going to play Giannis at the five, that means you need one more guard out there. You can't roll out Giannis, Bobby Portis, uh, uh, P.J. Tucker, Pat Connaughton, Chris Middleton, and then Drew Holiday, right? Because like there's no ball handling in a lineup like that. There's none. It's only Drew Holiday. That's about it. There's no facilitating outside of that. That's a really big problem. And look, in the regular season... The, the Giannis minutes at center were absolutely tremendous. According to Cleaning the Glass, when Giannis was at center, 116.5 offensive rating and a 113.7 defense. Oh, wait, no, that's a net rating of plus 2.8. So the Giannis, at, the Giannis at center minutes, well, it gives you a little bit more flexibility. It's not like they're blowing teams out of the water. And here's the thing, going back to the original point, the Bucks' most optimal small ball lineup, Drew Holiday... 
Dante DiVincenzo, Pat Connaughton, Chris Middleton, and Giannis Antetokounmpo, right? Just think about that lineup, right? Drew Holiday, Dante DiVincenzo, Pat Connaughton, Chris Middleton, and Giannis at the five. Those are two rock-solid ball handlers in Drew Holiday and Dante DiVincenzo, a secondary ball handler in Pat Connaughton, and then you have Chris Middleton playing the four. <laughs> like, that's that's really good. And then we go to what we might see in this series, right? And these are really short sample sizes, so keep that in mind. But what about a Giannis Antetokounmpo, P.J. Tucker, Pat Connaughton, Bryn Forbes, Drew Holiday lineup? A negative 28.3 net rating. That most optimal lineup that I talked about, Holiday, DiVincenzo, Pat Connaughton, Chris Middleton, and Giannis, plus 51.5. All of the optimal small ball lineups that the Bucks rolled out in the regular season had one thing in common, and it was that Dante DiVincenzo was part of them. They missed Dante DiVincenzo big time. And it's really easy to sit back and go, Bud needs to play Giannis at the five. But the way that this team is constructed at this point right now, you just don't have a secondary guard that you can put out there. You don't. Because if it's Jeff Teague, if it's Bryn Forbes, both are kind of defensive liabilities. And Teague is a little bit of a chucker, or at least he has been in this series. His offense has been an absolute nightmare. Portis is your small is a center power forward type, right? Doesn't really fit well next to Giannis Antetokounmpo. P.J. Tucker, camped out in the corner. Might provide you something defensively, but he gives you next to nothing in terms of offensive flexibility. He's just going to be camped out waiting for corner shots. And you go from there, right? There is, there is, there's, it's easy to say, I should put it that way. It's easy to demand that the Bucks play this small ball lineup and try to stifle what the Phoenix Suns bring to the table. When in reality... I don't want to say it's impossible, but it's just not something that is going to work out. It's just not. So we, well, I'm, I'm, I don't doubt that we'll see it. We'll probably see it a little bit more in Game 3. But just keep that in mind as you move forward that from a matchup standpoint, they need Dante DiVincenzo out there, and he's not coming back. This is the Hardwood Handicappers Podcast, only on the VSIN Podcast Network. Parents, if you've ever experienced bedtime battles with the kids, I'm going to let you into a little secret. I'm Abby, a mother of two, and I had these battles myself. Endless excuses, delay tactics, and many tears and tantrums. But I've created a solution. The perfect kids podcast that makes bedtime a dream. It's called Koala Moon, and it's hosted by me, Abby. With over 300 episodes packed with original stories and sleep meditations, Koala Moon makes bedtimes easy and enjoyable. Episodes start out engaging and really rather magical, but as they progress, they gently slow to a calm and relaxing pace to have your little ones out like a light. Since launching in 2022, Koala Moon has helped with over 20 million nights sleep and received over 6,000 five-star reviews. Win back your evenings. Listen to Koala Moon now on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Parents, ready to discover a new educational and interactive podcast for kids? Join Stories for Kids by Lingo Kids, where episodes are packed with fun activities. Right, Elliot? Oh, yes! We learned how to recycle at the beach. That was great fun. Callie, what do you say? It was. 
And that time when we did the science experiment and Billy made raisins dance. That is so cool, Billy. He did. <laughs> Not to mention when a certain Elliot took up swimming classes with Lisa. That was me. <laughs> Bet you can't catch me. I'm going to get you. All this fun and more in our Stories for Kids. Lingo Kids Stories for Kids is now available on Story Button, the kid-friendly device for screenless podcast listening. Listen to Stories for Kids on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is getting you ready for the 2024 NFL Draft. I'm your host, Andrew Levy, and I'll be delivering two shows a week to make sure you're caught up on the very latest NFL news, including every free agency move and how it changes the draft needs of your favorite team. Draft experts and talent scouts, mock drafts, and a few shock drafts, too. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is already on the clock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, last little facet on this uh, Game 3 preview. Uh, let's take a look at some of these player props. First off, uh, Mikhail Bridges. Man, this kid is great. For those who hadn't watched, if you hadn't watched Mikhail Bridges before now, uh, Mikhail Bridges is going to be a stud in the NBA. And, you know, they had the quote the other day, he, he, you know, he wants to be known as more of a 3 and D guy, uh, more than a 3 and D guy. At this point, he kind of is, but he's, he's rock solid, dude. Rock solid. 27 points in game two, 38 minutes, was 8 of 15 from the floor, seven rebounds. I am, I will say this now, I I cannot eliminate the thought from my brain, right? Because we're going to get to finals MVP here in a moment. I'll, I'll save it. I'll save it for Mikael Bridges, right? But I bring up Mikael Bridges because uh, the one player prop that I've been consistent on to the first two games, got it one more time at minus 150 over the one and a half, three pointers made for Mikael Bridges. He's hit five so far in two games. Through the two games, he's shooting 41.7%. It just speaks to the matchup. Mikael Bridges is going to get those three-point shots. He's a 40% three-point shooter. He is going to hit them. He is very solid in that role. So in $1.50 on the road is my ceiling. And the market's adjusted. Market's adjusted big time. Game one opened up $1.20. Game two opened up $1.30. And then game three... We saw the real bump. We were talking about a dollar fifty, some spots a dollar sixty. Dollar fifty is the ceiling. So if it gets a little bit more expensive after this, if he hits this again, that's where we take a step back and see if maybe there's going to be an adjustment back the other way, whatever it is. But uh, Mikhail Bridges over those three and a half, if you or excuse me, over one and a half made threes, if you get that buck fifty price, still a price that I would recommend personally. But you know, I so I hate to say this, and I told Er this on Fridays, my guys in the desert. But as you look at some of these player props, right, in terms of points, for example, Giannis Antetokounmpo, 32.5, slightly shaded to the under at minus 120. The point total is getting in the area in which, eh, that's a really high point total. But again, when you're talking about through four games, averaging 35.5 points against this team, having no answer for him whatsoever, what are they going to do? Would tend to lean over there. But here's the direction I kind of wanted to go. Fade is always so mean, right? Fade is always <laughs> fade is always a uh, a word that makes it. I feel like it makes you sound like you just think the player sucks and you just want to bet against them, and that's not the case here. After game one, I was on the nightcap, and Tim was asking me, "Hey, DeAndre Ayton, we plan this going forward over 
right? Had 22 and 19 in game one. And my thought was, you know, I don't think so, right? Like, this, it's not the mismatch that you think it is. Like, yes, if the Bucks start switching everything, if we know that they're going to start switching every single little thing, then yeah, I mean, it might be worth it. In game one, I think what was lost on a lot of people when watching that, I think a lot of people are like, told you, DeAndre Ayton, just going to eat up Brooke Lopez. That's not what happened, though, right? The Bucks were switching everything. He was scoring buckets on Drew Holiday. He was scoring buckets on Chris Middleton. Wow, I had a brain fart there. Right, like that's a lot of his points were coming in that direction, and yes, he did come in and he did have some good possessions against a Brook Lopez type. But don't get it twisted that DeAndre Ayton in Game One, a lot of the point production was on second chance points and on exploiting smaller matchups. I think going forward, like as you saw in this last game, if the Bucks are going to commit themselves to this drop coverage like they did in Game Two for the most part, then I think this is this means a series that is going to look very similar to what DeAndre Ayton looked like in Game 2, which is 10 points, 11 rebounds. And so fading is probably not the proper term, but if you're telling me, hey, 15.5 points on DeAndre Ayton, I'd go under more often than not on that. And you can get a small dog price on that in spots. You know, like FanDuel's got it slightly shaded to the over. You can go under 15.5. The under 15.5 is slightly favored over at spots like DraftKings as well. But like that's to me, that is where I want to go, right? I want to go in that direction with a DeAndre Ayton type under some of these point total props, just because I think these the Bucks are going to commit themselves to if we are going to lose, let's lose the way we got here, right? Let's play some drop coverage. We don't need to switch everything. We don't need to do those one five matchups and allow DeAndre Ayton to beat us up down low. Let's eliminate Ayton from the game and then let's just pound him on the other side from the offensive standpoint. And I, and I think that's going to be the game plan going forward. So with that, I think that was those are some of the props really that kind of stuck out from a player prop perspective. You know, Devin Booker, in terms of the made threes, there's a lot of, you know, there's I know he hit four of them. The shooting's been up and down for him. His player prop in terms of made threes at two and a half, shaded to the under at minus 128. The attempts are going to be there, right? So that always worries me. He's going to attempt seven to, we'll call it ten three-point attempts a game in this series. So now you're just you're you're just hoping he has a poor shooting night when you're betting under those. And, and that's look three is a lot. Three is a lot more than people think. But I just the, the attempts always turn you off because he is going to be putting those things up, right? Chris Paul, same thing. I'm surprised how much more heavily shaded it is under for Chris Paul. Uh, minus 194. I know, again, Chris Paul is not one to uh, throw up a lot of three-point attempts, but he did have five in game two, and he has been shooting the ball extremely well. And the plus 150 over two and a half, the two and a half really turns me off. Obviously, if it was one and a half, that's uh, something worth looking at with Paul, but just surprised how heavily shaded it is to the under, right? You, you get a little bit meatier on the dog price for the over, and you're starting to get me intrigued, but still not there quite yet. But I, I think that's the way from a player prop perspective, that's the way I would, you know, still on Mikhail Bridges over the one and a half at, at minus 150 if that's the price you can get. Uh, the under on DeAndre Ayton about 15 and a half. And then from there, you know, not many uh, opinions in, term, in terms of the player props. If you get like, and it's not out there, there's no shot it's out there. You can convince me that 30 and a half on Giannis is a play worth the over. But again, we're up to 32 and a half in some spots I know open 31 and a half on his player prop. This is just going to be a big series for Giannis, man. It is. It's going to be a really big series for Giannis. And I just don't see through four games, there has been nothing that has told me anything otherwise. 
that it's going to change. All right, we'll be back next week, uh, and we'll I'll be back. And I, again, I apologize for those who are still listening right now. Uh, moving other stuff uh, off the court, as they say, that changed things up a little bit. But uh, get back and ready. And I think we have some good things planned for the off season and the uh, how exotic and how much more this podcast is going to open up. You know, a a podcast for the NBA that only comes out once a week is a little tough, right? It's a little tough. Uh, but in the off season, uh, I think we'll really kind of start to hit our stride here with these pods, and we'll we'll get a little bit more exotic. I'm going to be covering summer league, already credentialed for that, so that opens up some doors uh, for some podcasts out there as well. Uh, but that'll be a lot of fun. Uh, like, rate, review, subscribe, always appreciate it. And I'm on follow the money duty all next week, so uh, hopefully you tune in. The Elevation with Stephen Furtick podcast was created with you in mind. This is a podcast for those feeling discouraged or needing guidance from God. Together in this podcast, we'll dive deep into scripture, uncover the powerful truths that will help you rise above your limitations and embrace your full potential. We're here to equip you with the tools you need to conquer life's challenges. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Parents, if you've ever experienced bedtime battles with the kids, I'm going to let you into a little secret. The Koala Moon podcast has revolutionized over 20 million bedtimes with parents like you calling it life-changing and the perfect nighttime routine. With original kids' bedtime stories and cozy sleep meditations, Every episode has been specially designed to make bedtimes a dream. Listen to Koala Moon on the iHeartRadio app, on Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.